Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. Please be seated. Please be seated. All right. Uh, it's fantastic. I was meditating on it on the, in the car here together with Philip. Where the Lord has taken us, huh? Uh, I was, uh, I'm coming from a beer drinking, card playing kitchen down in South Austria towards the Italian border. Would have never ever dreamed about preaching in Louisiana in English. (laughs) Uh, When I grew up uh, coming from working class, uh, a lot of dysfunctions with alcohol and, and, you know, drug addictions and, um, no one in our family went to the university. Uh, you didn't play golf because, yeah, that was not us. Nah, daddy got angry. <laughs> we were either training boxing or a little soccer and come from a completely different background than, than, than many of you that grew up in church. It was super macho. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a lot, lot to be said and a lot not to be said. But th- th- it is fantastic what the Lord can do just within a generation, isn't it? What Jesus can do when he lifts us and brings us out. And So I was raised by my father's fists and, and uh, we worked hard from early on. And we loved hunting and fishing and I've met a lot of people here that loves hunting. I mean, you, you, some of you, you, you skin a squirrel before breakfast, isn't it? Huh? And you, you, you barbecue a, a raccoon for, for, for lunch, isn't it? I love that about Louisiana. We were doing nothing but hunting and fishing and playing cards when I grew up. And so I just love that. I love uh, the atmosphere of Louisiana. I wanted to praise the state a little bit. Don't look down on where you are and where you are from. There's uh, something beautiful in this state. It, it carries a mark of working class, real solid people. Love it. And uh, I think that God can, can, can use Louisiana in the future in a fantastic way. Uh, this can really be a breeding ground for the apostolic and for missionaries coming out all over the world. Uh, you are not spoiled Californians, are you? Huh? You, uh, you can spit into your hands. You can. Uh, now we'll have a problem with the churches I go to in California. They will hear this on the podcast and I will never be welcome back. But, all right. Uh, I brought a lot of my materials. I've preached and teached for 28 years. I brought a lot of my materials. I've written some books. They are out there on the book table. Some of the titles are already gone, but you can order them if you go out. This is my latest book, More Than Enough, a Bible study on financial freedom. Um, So you can go out there and you can order them there. All right. We are in the middle of a series here uh, about your inner circle. And we did part one on Sunday. We did part two yesterday about sharing your faith or die. (laughs) Some of you got the hiccups, right? What is he saying? And tonight I want to talk about uh, disciple making. Uh, we want you guys to accelerate in 2019. 
uh, and you want to accelerate in the great commission, isn't it? And in disciple making, uh, coming to what Jesus told us to do. So tonight you will have a, a simple missionary, a simple church planter that is that I always I've always tried to be hands on. Uh, to this day, I run my own little house church back home in Stockholm with my own disciples. I don't think you are just to fish with a big boat and nets, uh, but you are, you will always use the fishing rod to stay relevant, isn't it? You always have to make disciples one on one. Otherwise, you can't preach to thousands. So that's, that's how I try to live my life. And tonight I want to give you something that I've given to our people and to the SOS family for years and years that I call the, uh, the loop or the circle of discipleship or disciple making. You've you got to excuse me, but English is my third language, okay? And I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so disciple. Uh, disciple. And we're going to... To use this word disciple and we will take out every letter and, and make a point of it. Can we do that? Yes. To make it a little uh, systematic uh, in, uh, and for you that are taking notes it will be easier. The New Testament Greek word for disciple is matete or matetes. Which means that you got to have the mental effort needed to think something through. Uh, and, and it needs to be thoughtful. You need to think it through. Uh, and uh, also, a disciple is a learner, uh, a follower of Christ. That's how it's become known around the globe, isn't it? Uh, but uh, uh, when you look into the Greek word, it has to do with life applications. Does that make sense? Very, very practical. And now I want to give you something here that I have seen in Jesus' life that I think is for, for you when you are making disciples. And it's also for you personal because we are all disciples making disciples, isn't it? So D is for doer. Jesus was a doer. We said yesterday that when he came to Peter, he said, come follow me, I'll make you a fisherman. He did not say, I will prepare you for three years and then you will become a fisherman. Now I will teach you as we do. I will, uh, you, I, I, will, I will be learning by doing. I'll be teaching you by doing. And I think this is very important that we don't just teach nice sermons on prayer, but that we pray with our disciples. We don't just teach nice sermons on giving, but we are givers. We don't teach just nice sermons on family, but we live healthy family. And so on. So we, we teach actually more by doing than what we are saying. How many of you agree by, you know? There are some things that you cannot learn by just reading a book. I mean, I was with my father in the, in the forest. Got it out animals, you know, from when I was five, six years old. And then I, I, I was with a guy. I took a guy with me. Um, and he had just finished the hunting course, you know. And, um, and he had read all the things about how you got out and how you skin and, you know, and how you butcher. And I said, that's good, then you do it. And um, I will observe. And the guy didn't know where to start. He, he didn't know what he was doing at all. Because you cannot learn to go out an animal, skin an animal and butcher an animal from a book. That can be a good start. But you got to be there, right? 
next to daddy. See how he does it. And you learn it by doing it. Then after you've done a hundred deers, you can do it blindfolded, isn't it? So, so, so what is that? I think Jesus is the best in this. You see it with Jesus. He, he taught his disciples as he was doing ministry to people. He, he healed people. He taught on it. He, he taught it practical. They were casting out demons together. They were making they were They were learning as they were doing. Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And we know that he, he sended them out and they came back to him and he showed them practically how to do ministry. Mark 4, 35 speaks about that. Uh, that day when evening came, he said uh, to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I love that the, 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 the whole story is about them having worked hard and they go over to the other side to rest a little bit, but they are catched up with ministry again and they start to cast out demons and they, and they go into ministry again and they constantly are living a life of doing together with Jesus. And I, I know and there's a lot to be said there, but James 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. Dead faith, we talked about that yesterday, becomes the dead sea, has no output. And, and, and uh, that's the, uh, we said yesterday, that's the conclusion of the concept of the living water, that if it is not flowing, it's not healthy. If it's not going through you, it can, be, it can never be life-given. What is healthy when it comes in will not stay healthy if it doesn't flow through you. You need to be a channel. Christians that are not channels become unhealthy. Christians that are not givers of the gospel, sharers of their faith become unhealthy. The most unhealthy Christian communities that we have in the world are those that are not focused on great commission and disciple making. They are not focused on evangelism and about reaching out. It becomes super irrelevant. It stinks. Are you here? Yes. It becomes weird. It becomes just dead. Like the Dead Sea. We need to be doers of the word. Are you here? We need to have a faith that does. All right, so when, when I start to teach disciples and when we make disciples in SOS, our apostolic family, we always put the emphasis there first. You will walk next to me and you will learn from me. My daughter just came to me, my 20-year-old daughter. I told you that the other day. I was so touched. I, I went away and cried a tear <laughs> like an old man <laughs> because she said to me that, Daddy... This summer, I want to be with you in Africa the entire summer. I want to walk next to you and I want to learn. Teach me how to cast out demons. Teach me how to heal the sick. Wake me up in the morning and let me pray with you. Read the word of God with me. Teach me everything, daddy. I think it's beautiful and that's the only way to learn. The only way to learn to pastor, you know, you don't learn to pastor in the Bible college. You, 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 you learn some things there, but that's not how you pastor. You learn when you, when you walk next to someone. And we could go on and go on. So a doer is very important. And then we come to the next one here. The I in disciple for imitator. 
And some say, I don't want to imitate. I'm so unique. <laughs> well, you're so unique, you will stay alone. I always tell. You're so unique, you will stay alone. You know, that's fantastic that you're so unique. You're so unique, you will not go anywhere. Because you learn by imitating. How many of you know, you think it's cute when a son is walking like his daddy? Right? You see the, you see the mannerisms of, of, of a parent in a son or a daughter. Uh, but, you know, it's as it should be. I was trained and raised by a German called Reinhard Bonke. Some of you know him. I very seldom uh, mention him. But sometimes they say when I preach in Africa that you, you sound just like him. And you, 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 oh, this is like being in his meetings. And I'm not, I'm not intimidated by that or, or feel that they're putting me down by that. I'm proud. I'm, I'm so glad you see the traces of daddy in my ministry and what I do. I carry his inheritance with pride. I'm glad they can see that I'm one of his sons. And when people get too individualistic, that's not healthy. We are imitators. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Greek says, idiotes, idiotes, idiots. <laughs> unschooled ordinary men. <laughs> I feel so related. Feel so amazingly related. You know, I was drunk in high school. It's nothing I brag about. I, I come from a working class background where, you know, yeah. We counted, we did the math when we played cards. <laughs> so, so unschooled ordinary men, I feel, I feel like, yeah, there's a chance for me. But they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They had been, they took notice that these men had been with Jesus. They, they, had, they were imitators of Jesus. Before I did my first healing service in Africa, I observed Reinhard. How is he doing it? How, how, is he, how is he doing it? How is he preaching it? How is he doing it? And uh, when I learned to cast out demons, I was working with Michael Collison. <laughs> uh, Wonderful man from Lesotho, down, you know, in South Africa. And I, and I ran next to him, and I observed him, and I saw how he did it. And uh, yeah, that's how you learn. These men had been with Jesus. Uh, how many of you know that you can be in a room with someone that smokes, and then afterward everyone thinks that you are a smoker? Because it sits in your clothes. I have this... <laughs> Dear woman in our church in Stockholm, every time I hug her, uh, my wife knows that I've hugged her when I'm coming home. It's an old dear lady. She's so full of perfume that when I hug her, Maria says, oh, she was in church, you know. <laughs> it sits in my clothes and on my skin for days. Sometimes I take a shower, I don't get it away. I don't know what she does, but... When you are with Jesus, you will imitate Jesus, but you will also rub off from Jesus. You will smell Jesus, isn't it? You will be like him. There's a lot to be said about that, but we are moving on. 
S for son and daughter. Submission. I don't know, uh, this is also hard in our time and era for some strange reason. But uh, if you can't be a son and a daughter, you can't be a disciple. It is impossible to, to be a disciple if you're not ready to be a son and a daughter. To be submissive. To say, I respect you. Your word is bigger than, 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 than me. Right? I remember when my daddy, my spiritual daddy, I, I could talk about my physical daddy too, but that's another school. <laughs> uh, my spiritual daddy took me aside and almost slapped me around. He did not do it physical, but he said, you, you don't ever do that again. What you did there is not worthy of the kingdom of God. Speaking like that, that's not how we behave. That's not how we carry ourselves. You are an, you are an orator of the best message that there is. Don't behave like that. Don't do like that. And I said, you know, sorry, daddy. Sorry. We'll not do it again. And if you can't be submissive to instructions, you're not a son. You're not a daughter. And John's gospel chapter 1 says from verse 12 uh, chapter 1, verse 12, 13 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Uh, and I think that when we give... When we give life to people, I'm thinking about my disciples. I, I, will, I will throw in one or two testimonies, but I told yesterday about Joseph. Joseph Kipteklerina, my first convert in Africa. There are hundreds of thousands of them now throughout in the churches, but my first one. 1995, I stood at a marketplace in Kisi, Mobamba, Kenya, and preached the gospel. And uh, Joseph came with his two brothers. They were Maasai warriors. They came to the cow market to sell their cattle. And uh, he stood with, with, with his red garment, his spear, you know, his club and his, his, his machete. And he had red, uh, uh, red uh, dirt in his hair. You, you should see him at that time. He was, a, he was, a, yeah, he was an animistic believer. He was, he was a, an unreached man. And he heard the gospel. And Jesus touched him and he walked up and he bowed his knee in front of me, put down his club and his spear. He was 20 years old and I led him to Jesus there. He became my disciple. He became my son. He write me text messages to this day. I received one this afternoon. Dad, this is what we are doing. Your son, Joseph. Okay, how many years younger is he than you? Well, not, not many. But that got nothing to do with it. I got sons and daughters that are older than me in physical years. Because in the spirit, I'm still their daddy. I'm teaching them. I'm, I'm training them. I'm bringing them up. So, submission. Uh, he has read everything I've ever published he has, he, has, he, has, he has preached what I've preached. He's carried it out like a son. And he's now overseeing 60 churches in Kenya. He is the bishop of the work of SOS in Kenya. 
a son and a daughter. And I always say that it starts with us doing together, you imitating, you becoming a son and a daughter. That's the discipleship making. That's what we are doing. You see, we are not just called to be acquaintances at a Sunday. We're not just called, are you here, to walk in and out and say amen and hallelujah together. We are called to live life together. Sit around the campfire together. Sit in the house together. That's Christianity. That's how Jesus started with his disciples. That's how we are to disciple. That's why it's so important that you understand that Sunday morning is not Christianity. Okay? Disciple making is Christianity. Great commission is Christianity. C, for Christ-like. Now we're talking not about being an imitator, but more character. The character comes with being Christ-like. You, you, you spell that the same, right? C, character. So character, Christ-like, that has to do with the fruits of the Spirit. Becoming like Him. Being transformed by Him. You see, we don't want just people to be imitators of us. Right? We want them to be imitators of Jesus. If we are building disciples that are just following us, then they will backslid. They will lose what they have when the pastor is no longer there. Or their mentor falls in sin, or, you know, or becomes a backslid, or does something stupid. But if we build people on Jesus, they become Christ-like. Then we build disciples that last, and we will have fruit that lasts. But I think it's very important that we understand that we are all humans, isn't it? We are super fragile. We are broken vessels. This is, this is clay. And he has his treasure in clay. And it doesn't matter how fantastic you can be used by God. You can end up losing. Isn't it? But the fruit doesn't have to get lost. The fruit doesn't have to get lost if you are very keen on leading them to Jesus and not to you. Making them Jesus' disciples and not just your disciples. Are you here? They are becoming Christ-like with the love of Christ, the patience of Christ, isn't it? The faith of Christ. Paul says in Philippians 2.5 that in your relationships with one another have the same mindset, the same character as Jesus Christ. We need that. Let's move on. I again... In disciple for innovator flexible I always said I always said and I like to say it here that people people can get very upset when you break their routines uh, people don't like when you break routines people like to, to to learn a certain way move a certain way and they have some expectations and this is what we're going to do and when that is not done they become upset that's extremely immature to always act out when it doesn't turns out the way you expected it to be and a disciple needs to be pushed around a little bit here he needs to be he needs to be slapped around a little bit here that you need to be you need to be flexible 
You need to be an innovator because most of the times things don't turn out the way we expect them to turn out. 90% of the times it, it, it isn't to turn out that we want. Or things break and it doesn't become. So I prepare to meet my disciples. Are you there? But when they come, they bring three girlfriends that have never ever heard the gospel. And, you know, they bring a, a sister who has been molested and needs counseling. So all of a sudden, that the Bible study I prepared is not relevant for that evening. But that's okay. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm an innovator. I'm flexible. That's okay. We will roll with what we have. And the evening will turn out to be something completely different. Isn't it? Or you, 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 you say we are going to meet at this cafe. Let's meet at Starbucks and read the Bible together with a working colleague that you just, you know, led to the Lord. That you are helping, that you're trying to guide for baptism. But uh, she doesn't show up. She got stuck in traffic. Something happened to a child. But uh, you are an innovator. So you end up leading someone else to Christ right there. Isn't it? You're an innovator. You, you roll with what comes. You can see that in, in Jesus' life and among his disciples. Mark 3, 9. I just took a few examples. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. So they were, how do you say, they were, uh, they, they were fixing things as they went. So now the crowd was too big. They were crowding him. He couldn't teach. So let's get a boat. Sit in the boat. Let's have the people on the beach. They were innovators. You can see that when they are making the, um, you know, when he's making the miracle with the bread and the fish, Mark 6, 39 to 40, you can see then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. I love the fact that Jesus says to the disciples, um, let's feed them. Let's give them something to eat. They are 20,000 people. But Jesus, but pastor, Ooh, this takes a lot of logistical planning. You, you, but pastor, let's feed them. But there are 20,000 people. You understand what an organization that takes to feed 20,000 people. But that's how Jesus rolled and that's how we have to roll at times. Isn't it? We're flexible. We'll fix it and we'll fix it with a smile on our face. This is discipleship making. So they, they, write, they, they sat down in groups on the green grass and they sat down in groups of 150s and so on. Yeah, I could go on a long time there. But innovator, if you're not innovative, you will get stuck all the time. You set up a big festival and then the rain comes. So there you are in the mud with 200 people that are ready to do festival. So what do you do? You've got to be innovative. Let's do something else. Let's do it good. Everything can happen as you are a disciple. Uh, Matthew 28, 19. Uh, we, we, um, let me see. Let me see. Let's do the P. Let's put the P up here. Parent. You always say that when you make disciples, that's where we are, right? At the P, isn't it? All right? So, did I say that funny? Some of you are smiling at me. 
Some of you are smiling. No, it's, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you are like, uh, mm, I can't. Uh, some of yeah, anyway. So, parent. So, uh, we always say that when you're making disciples, they're not really becoming, they're not really become, they're not really going to where you want them to go unless they understand that they ought to make disciples. A disciple doesn't stay a disciple forever. In one way, we stay submissive to our spiritual authorities. But in another way, we're supposed to go full circle. All right? So at, at a point, you got to teach them that now you need to have disciples. You see, Ananias made a disciple of Paul. And then Paul became a disciple maker himself. And Timothy became a disciple maker himself. And we know that disciples are supposed to make disciples. And it's built in there. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples. We are a, a disciple not making disciples. is not a disciple completed in discipleship. Can you see what I'm saying here? A, 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 a disciple that is not starting to reproduce and make disciples himself. He's gotten stuck in the process. And the only way to, for him to keep on developing now is to pour out himself and give himself. So I have disciples that are overlooking disciples and I am helping them to, to make disciples. In, in my house church, for example, I got these beautiful people. One of them is a business lawyer. Miriam is her name, business lawyer. She brings people. She has now brought two of her friends that have, that, you know, that have come to Jesus, that have been baptized in water and in spirit. And, and now she's, she's discipling them. And she turns to me for help, and I'm giving her advice on how to disciple them. That's how it should be. You, you have to very quickly move into parenthood yourself as a disciple. All right. L for leader. Well, a disciple has not really completed the circle unless he becomes a leader. So, so what do you mean by that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of them that believes that everyone is a leader in the sense that he should lead. No, there's, there's a lot of different schools on this. But I don't believe that, ev I don't believe that everyone is a leader. Uh, I just want to put you to ease. No. If it was that way, why would there be apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors? Who, who were they to lead then and equip then if everyone was to lead? So not everyone is a leader. But anyhow. We should be leaders in leading the way, setting the standard. A true disciple of Jesus Christ, he comes into a service like this and he sets the very atmosphere of that service. He's not waiting. He's not thinking, oh, the worship is off today. This is not going anywhere. Oh, so, wow, this is really lame in here. The vibe is not good. No, that's, not, that's not a leader. Uh, are you here? A leader sets the standard. Leans in, smiles, lifts the hands, isn't it? Is, it? is is someone that sets the temperature in the room, that leads the way in all circumstances. 
And you got it very clear in Acts 2.14. In the Greek, it's very clear there. Acts 2.14. Then Peter stood up. Just we could stop right there in the Greek. Then Peter stood up. With other words, he took charge on the day of Pentecost. He stood up to explain the situation. He stood up to take responsibility. There had been an outpouring. People were speaking in tongues. People didn't understand what was happening. Peter stood up, took charge, started to lead. And he said that he stood up with the 11. In the Greek, it's very clear that he led the other. The other. He led them. He set the standard for them. And he preaches the gospel for the first time under the Holy Spirit. 3,000 appears to the heart, baptized in water. I love how he says, fellow Jews and all of you live in Jerusalem. Even though he's so drunk on the holy wine. <laughs> he sounds very sober here, doesn't he? Fellow Jews and all of you live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. It's a leader talking. It's a leader. You know, a true disciple steps into leadership that way. People are afraid. People are screaming. People are afraid. Have you been in these situations? Huh? You stand up. I've done it in airport gates. I've done it everywhere. Stand up and say, hey, come down, people. Let me tell you, I'm a pastor. I'm a priest. Hey, come down. It's going to be all right. Let me talk to you. You are a leader. You take charge. E, for expectant and finally equal. Now you've reached the full circle of discipleship. Uh, let me explain this. When you come to this point, you can see something. Let us just, let's just read, read Mark's Gospel 1. 35, 37, and 38, 39 says, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Well, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. You can see here that Jesus is done in the region he's in. And he's now moving on. And there is something here. Are you, are, are you getting this? I have seen it in my short, short life. I've seen it. Within these 28 years that I've brought up sons that are now leading their own churches. And, and I've, 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 I've taught them what I could teach them. And I brought them to equality. I, I brought them to, to, to where they can now lead and do and duplicate and multiply. So now I'm moving on. There's no more work for me here. There are other villages. There are other groups that needs to hear. And I start the circle again. And I start the circle again. And there, there's something here about living in this. I'm expecting you to grow up. I'm expecting you to become my equal. You see, the most immature leaders are those that want to keep on leading the same people all the time. Are you here? And they are controlling. 
you see, in a way. But, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. When, 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 when people are better than you at what you do, you have reached the goal. When you have, when you've brought your disciples to the place where they do what you have done as you do and better than you do, you should be the happiest person on the planet. No real father is intimidated by his son doing things better than him. He's the happiest daddy on the planet. I'm listening to my son Adam at times and his intellect and how easy he has to learn and, and stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, I don't want to be in a, <laughs> you know, in a competition about history here right now because I know I'm going to lose. <laughs> But then on the other hand, maybe I should be in that competition because all I would do is smile from ear to ear. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it is my greatest joy when he exceeds and moves on and becomes better. I want you to get this. Um, no true worship leader is intimidated when another girl comes along and sings like an angel. She's happy. She can now move on, train more, bring up more. It's all about multiplying. It's not about how many we can keep, by the way. I always said that. The greatness of a church is not measured in how many you can keep. <laughs> how big you are in numbers. No, no, no. The measure of a greatness is how many have you sent? How much have you multiplied? Are you here? Yeah, yeah. With a great show, you know. Good communicators and good music. You can gather a lot of people. But that's not what Jesus called us to do. Go out in the world and put up a great show. Go out in the world and entertain. He said, go out in all the world and make disciples. We want to make disciples that makes disciples. We want to multiply. We want to finish the great commission. We want to plunder hell and populate heaven. We want to take as many as we can with us. Isn't it? So E is for expectant. I'm expecting now that you will go further than me. That you will do this better than me. I'm expecting now that I can move on because there are other people. I'm expecting that you... Someone said, Johannes, that booklet you wrote, one guy said to me, <laughs> I loved it. That booklet that you wrote to just save, I mean, it's not really good. I said, I know, absolutely no, but, well, I was waiting for you to write it, and when you never wrote it, I had to write my own, and now we have to use that one, but as soon as you've written the one that is actually good, we can use that one, isn't it? Amen. We're not here to defend anything, we're here to multiply. All right, I'm thinking about my disciples. I should, uh, I'm soon about to end, but I'm thinking about, uh, about the disciples. They are my greatest joy. Sometimes on a Sunday night, I'm somewhere in the world, you know. I've been given a lot of grace. You understand that? I'm not standing here bragging. God has given me a lot of grace. 
lot of grace. Sometimes I'm preaching somewhere in the world. I'm at a mega church somewhere in Africa or I'm at a festival and I've led maybe 500 people to the Lord that night or, you know, seen masses of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and then my son starts to send the reports. Comes in, you know, the smartphones, everything comes up all the time, right? Over here is he, you know. In Switzerland, they prayed with 10 people unto salvation. And then it comes in from France. We, we prayed with five unto salvation. It comes in from Stockholm, from, you know, from Malmö, from Gothenburg, from different cities. And, and they tell the victories. And I forget all about the 500 people I led to the Lord. My joy is in the sons and the daughters. My joy is in what they are achieving. My joy is right there. You, you, you got to understand that that's when life starts. It's not about what you are experiencing. It is about, you know, first it is, but that's very immature. But then it becomes, what are the disciples experiencing? Where are they going? How are they growing? How are they developing? And that's your joy. It's the natural thing about parenthood, isn't it? You stop living for yourself. You live for someone else. And, and, and their success is your joy. And that's the same with discipleship making. I'd like to say this, and it's radical, but you, you all understand that this is my life. This is my life, so I'm, I'm just speaking out of my life. Listen, um, a Christianity without disciples is not a Christianity. Just like I said yesterday, a Christianity without sharing is, is no Christianity. And, and without disciples, you've not really discovered or lived what Jesus meant for you to live. You have crippled this walk with Jesus. Because you were not supposed to live for yourself. And that's why it becomes so super irrelevant and strange. I need the teaching. I need the worship. I need something deeper. I need something more. I need. You don't need anything more you need to give. You need to disciple. You need to train. And when you do that, you will kick into the second gear. You know? And your life will take off. It is like, you know, like, 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 like a 40-year-old that wonders why it isn't fun to go to the parties anymore and why it isn't fun to go to the gym, you know, uh, three, three times a day. Are you here? Why it isn't fun anymore. And then you just put your head to the side and said, because you're supposed... You're supposed to be a mom or a dad now. It's in you. It's in the biology. You're not supposed just to live for your own things, for the parties, for the things. You're supposed to move on now and live through someone else and for someone else. Discipleship making. We can get stuck in our Christian walk so easy if we don't get to discipleship making. All right. Thinking about Omid. Omid is a Persian guy that I led to the Lord exactly 10 years ago. Baptized him, baptized his mama. His mama is with Jesus now. Uh, he was a dance instructor and a personal trainer. And I, I, I led him to the Lord. And I've seen him come full circle now. Now he's there. Took 10 years, but now he's there. And I see that... He is now there where he is making disciples. He's leading the way. Are you here? 
He's expecting. He's moving on. And that's the greatest fulfillment in life. Let's stand up on our feet everywhere. Here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.